Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. What's up and welcome into the Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition right here on FNTSY Radio. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, my main man, George Kurtz, our number two of the program. Going to look over some shares of players that I have. Um, get George's opinion on some of the guys. Let you know how many shares of the players he has. Telephone lines open 844-843-6879. Finally, for the most part, come to the end of draft season. But, um, you know, later on this week, George, it'll be time to hit the waiver wire. Absolutely. And people forget about that. That uh, you know, they, they they draft their team. They don't even look at the waiver wire. You should always look at the waiver wire because you don't know what players scooted through. And even if your team's healthy, you, you don't have Jared McKinnon. You didn't have uh, Darius Geis, uh, Marquise Lee, or anybody else. You always check the waiver wire to see who who, who play. People forgot about. There are always players that slip through a draft. So the waiver wire before week one is important. Um. You know who I've had a ton of in years in the past, George, and don't have that much of this year? Let me check my sheet. Um, I mean, I have them at all. No, I got one share of Jamison Crowder. Crowder was... Oh, I got a lot. I don't mind him. I love him. I, I, I've owned him a lot in my fantasy career. This year, he was kind of a forgotten about man. Battled, battled hamstring and hip injuries last year. I think he bounces back in a big way, and I'm glad to have him on the one team I have him on. He's a guy, Corey. Uh, I have him on a lot. I don't know the exact numbers, but if I was to put a percentage on it, I would say at least three quarters because I know in these, he was just available late in all these leagues, mm-hmm. and I couldn't pass him up, especially if the guys got hurt because if the guys got hurt, guess what that meant? Not to throw the ball more. Yeah, you, know, you got to put the ball in the air more. So Crowder's a guy I have in a, I mean, a whole bunch of leagues. I think he'll be someone that's useful just stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Crowder played injured a lot last year. Crowder was be, was being dropped in 12-team leagues last year. He was on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Um, I do think he bounces back big time this year. Now, George's new teammate, Adrian Peterson, is a player I have no interest in. Uh, I have one team with significant stakes on it where I drafted Darius Geis in the third round. Adrian Peterson is on the waiver wire. Uh, I, I, I hate to do this to you, George, because you got to go to the waiver wire because you got a lot of Darius guys. You can be coy with me if you want. How much of the budget? <coughs> no, I'm, listen, I'll, I tell the truth here. I have Darius guys. I did the math last night, by the way. Uh, in all the leagues I'm playing in, not, not, they're not all high stakes. Some of these are very, uh, very cheap. But in all, yeah. all the leagues I'm playing in, I have Darius guys in 72% of them. So pretty much three wow. out of four leagues. Yeah, yeah. I'm not happy, Corey. He was the last player I wanted to get hurt, and he went down. Oh, that being said, I had no shares of Jerk McKinnon, so in some ways it, yeah, I guess it evens out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm wrestling with this. You know, how much am I going to have to put on Peterson and or Alfred Morris? 
because now two starting running backs are out there in all, a majority of these leagues, if not all of them. I can get one or two. My guess is this. If I want to be competitive, I'm going to have to bid 20%. So that's $20, $200. If I want to make sure I get one, I probably need to go to 30% and maybe even higher. And they'll all, you never know. There always could be somebody who goes ballistic and wants to guarantee they get them and go 600 you know, go 60%. And so I'm worried, Corey. And the Scott Fishbowl already, I think we have 20-man rosters there. I have five guys gone already. Not all with injuries. Wow. Some got released. Some, some guys around 18, around 19 guys I just took, uh, took flyers on. They got released. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell and somebody else who's really not going to hurt my team. But I did have Marquise Lee. I did have uh, Darius Geis here. And, that, and that's gone fishbowl because it's so deep. There's nobody on the waiver wire. That's a league where I need to make sure I get one of Peterson or Morris. And they're still not going to make up for guys, but I need to make sure. And that's a league I'm pro- I mean, I'm not going to go 60%. I'm not going to do that. But I'm probably going 31 32% because I'm going to want to make sure I get one of them. Um, yeah, I, I know. I feel you. I, I'm trying to think. I'm, 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 pick, I'm pulling up the team right now where I had Darius Geis, and this will be my uh, look at the, the, the wave of wire in this league. We do it live right here, George. This is what this is. This is what we do for the listening audience. Look, Blake Bortles. I haven't, I haven't put, I haven't put my bids in yet. I'm still, uh, you know, th- I think the earliest one runs Tuesday. I think that might be the Scott Fishbowl, and the other leagues all run pretty much on Wednesday, and one runs uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday uh, lady afternoon. So uh, I, I may change my mind here, but like I said, Corey, it's tough. And people who ask which one do I prioritize, probably Alfred Morris, better team. Uh, and I don't trust Peterson. I don't think he's going to last the uh, the entire season. But they're both they both should be the touchdown guys. You know, they both should be the goal line guys there. And they both play on decent offenses. I think San Fran's offense is better, which is why I go Morris. And Morris is also younger. And Morris actually had a decent year last year. If you would ext- extrapolate his numbers over a 16-game season, they're very good. So, uh, now granted, there's other factors at play here. Neither one's perfect. But bottom line is, how often this season are you going to have a, a number one running back become available? And that's what I have to look at here, uh, especially in leagues that are deep leagues like the Scott Fishbowl, where everyone's taken. You know, the backups are back, backups to backups are taken. Is is just not a starting running back's not going to become available all that often? I guess for me, personally, Corey, I need to make sure I get at least one. Oh, uh, they're both on the waiver wire in, in, in my league where I had Darius guys, Adrian Peterson, and Alfred Morris. Other than that, really, you got Sam Piran, John Stewart, yada 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 yada, uh, Mike Gillisley. May have a little value now. I don't think so. Um, Eddie Lacy for Scott. Uh, Tavares Cadet. You know, Capri Bibbs, Corey Grant. Uh, Fat Rob Kelly. I, I, Alfred Brew. Um, this is a who's who of nothing. So we can leave off of that. There is two players out there worth that bid. And those two guys are Alfred Morris. I agree. Uh, I would go his way first. And then also you have Adrian Peterson, who I would put a bid in on Adrian Peterson, kind of hoping I didn't get him. It'll be a bid just good en- a, a just good enough bid. You got a price for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Make sure nobody don't get them for anything crazy. Because right. a lot of people don't know that waiver wire is open. As far as wide receivers, Jermaine Curse, no interest. Well, any interest in Jermaine Curse? Not much. Uh, he's also banged up now. Uh my generally, for my personal teams, I'm okay, so I don't need really to worry about my wide receivers. Uh, we know Sam Donald is going to start, right? I think that's what they haven't said it, but that's what we're all assuming here. Uh, but like I said, Curse got the abdomen injury. It's uh, they haven't said how long he's out for. 
You know, we just don't think he, we we're pretty sure he's not going to play week one, and after that, we don't know. So um, that could be good for you because if you need a wide receiver, you can probably get him for a couple of bucks. You know, and that's probably the, the direction I'd go. Since there's some uh, doubt about him, if I can get him for $2, $3, fine. I'll take Curse. But uh, I'm not dying to get him, though. Uh, Tyler Boyd is is on my waiver wire. What do you think about Boyd? No, Brandon, no more Brandon LaFell. Obviously, you know who the man is out there. A lot of people are saying that, well, this is a good time to go get John Ross. I'm like, hmm. Maybe this is a good time to go get Tyler Boyd. Once again, uh, now the offensive line is better, so Dalton will have more time to throw. But as you said, it's Green, Ross, Eifert's back. So Boyd's number four on the list. I have him in a, a dynasty league, Tyler Boyd, so I'm hoping for big things, but I'm not expecting them. He's another guy. He comes down to well, who is he for uh, Marquise Lee? I'm fine with that then. You got to get somebody. I think I'd have guys above him, especially if Keelan Cole's still out there. I assume D.D. Westbrook's gone. But I'm not expecting big things out of Boyd. I'm not. I just, he's just too far down on the food chain for me. I think he'll need an injury to be to really be relevant. So you look at Ross as the guy that would emerge in that, at, at that second wideout. Yeah, I mean, if I had a choice, I would take Ross. I don't love him either, mind you. You know, but I like him better than Boyd, yeah. Would you drop either Willie Sneed, Dante Moncrief, or Austin Hooper for him? Austin Hooper, yes. I don't really. Once again, I, I don't. I don't like really like rostering second tight ends anyway. But my thing, uh, I don't know. I don't know your league. Maybe every everybody rostered a second tight end, and there are no tight ends left. But there are so many tight end twos there that are all in the same grouping. That I assume when I need a tight end, I'll just take one of those guys, and I would much rather have a wide receiver or a running back. As a, on my roster as a backup than that second tight end because you look at Hooper and listen, we've been, we've been waiting for him to play better really almost for as long as I can remember. But he's in the same category as Charles Clay, Brait, Jenkins, Watson, McDonald, uh, Eric Ebron, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, O.J. Howard. These are all guys I wouldn't mind taking as my uh, tight end too for one week. Now, if you're talking to me about an injury for the rest of the season, well, that's different. You know, now, if you took Hooper as a backup to Tyler Eifert or Jordan Reed, then I'm keeping Hooper. He's a backup to George Kittle. Uh, he, he had some worries because of the uh, separated shoulder, but uh, he's fine now. He's going to play. Uh, even though, I, I have to admit, with George Kittle, I'm probably waiting one week. I want to see him play first before I make that move. So, no, I, I probably wouldn't drop Hooper. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Uh, Ryan Grant is on my waiver wire. Listen, someone else has to catch the ball there besides uh, Hilton and uh, and Jack Doyle. Someone has to. Yeah. I don't like Grant, but if you're in a PPR league, someone has to. I mean, I don't understand what the Colts have done by not bringing in more talent around uh, around Andrew Luck to throw to. Surprising to me. Uh, I said I don't love Grant. I imagine he's available in a lot of leagues. But I'll say it again. Someone has to catch the ball besides Hilton and Doyle. Yeah. And I'm looking at it. He's owned in 71% of leagues. And he's not owned I'll in this one. I think I'd rather put a dollar on Ryan Grant than Taylor Boyd. Or Tyler. Boyd. I agree. Oh, I agree. I agree. Either Taylor way. or Tyler. <laughs> Either one. Because you look at Indianapolis. And Hilton is more of a deep threat. Yeah, that's what he does. Jack Doyle will be, you know, big target, tight end over the middle. Where's that intermediary guy? That's what Grant is. And he sh- I think you can make an argument that Grant will catch more, t- more, more passes than Hilton. Hilton will have bigger plays, much bigger plays and more yardage. 
But Grant may be the guy. He could end up being that Moncrief guy. The same type of player. Catches passes and catches more touchdowns because he's the Hilton is not a big red zone threat. He needs to run, you know, make the big plays and run in for touchdowns. A lot of league waiver wise open up on on this upcoming either this week, either Tuesday or Wednesday night. Make sure you're on top of that. You don't want these players to start flying off the board and and you don't get and you don't get a shot outside of Darius guys. Uh, anybody else that you need to uh, be replaced? Any other thing you're looking for specifically on the waiver wire this weekend? I mean, this upcoming week, George. Well, outside the guys, obviously McKinnon going down, and he's the he's the two guys. Marquise Lee, yes, it's a loss, but he wasn't just. I'm assuming for most people, he wasn't a starting wide receiver anyway. So exactly. you should be okay with that loss. Yeah, that's not a devastating loss. McKinnon and Geis, you're talking McKinnon's ADP was round three. Geis is round three, round four. So those are running back twos for you. Those hurt. And those are the guys you got to replace. And you and I just went over it. I mean, Adrian Peterson and Alfred Morris are probably available in 90% of leagues. And if you drafted earlier than a week ago, maybe you know, 99% of leagues because neither one of those guys is going to be taken. So you should be okay there to get one. I think my only big question is how much you're spending. That's really it comes down to how much you're spending. I've already told you how much I'm spending. If I if you need one, I think you need to go at least thirty percent and probably above that a little bit. You can go crazy and go fifty, sixty and guarantee yourself. But I uh, I don't really want to do that this early. It just comes down to me, I'll say this again. It depends on the size of your league, of course. But if you're in a twelve team league or above and you're playing five, six, seven reserve spots, they're not even you can say, Oh, there'll be other injuries. Yeah, but people have those backups already. We already we we all draft backup running backs, but there aren't enough to go. There aren't enough starters to go around. Exactly. So you need enough backups uh, to go around. Right. I mean, <laughs> we, we go we go crazy at running back. So that's why Morris and Peterson are going to be so valuable. Yes, I don't trust either one of them. I don't. I trust Morris more than Peterson. That's why I'll pay more for him. But they're starting running backs now. You know, will they last the season? Will Peterson last till November? Maybe not. But he's starting now, and I need a starter now. Understood. So, ah, uh, yeah. Um, interesting. Um, there's been they've been talking about Raven rave reviews coming out of DC camp about him, but I, I feel like I know this story, and I also know the Alpha Morris story with him being in DC himself and then coming to Dallas. So I've seen a lot of Alpha Morris. Alpha Morris can play. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how it all pans out in San Francisco. I'm already invested in Breeder. Maybe a shot on Alfred Morris at about. 29% may not be a bad idea. 844-843-6879, telephone number if you want to get involved on your way to your draft, already had your draft, whatever the case may be. The exec and George Kurtz here for you. Oh, uh, George, would you, what if James Washington was on waiver wires this week? What do you think about him? I like James Washington. Uh, he's a, a player who's uh, annoyed me in the fact that I thought coming into you know August, July, whatever it might have been, 14th round pick. You know, I, I always say 14th round pick because I, I assume 16 round draft, 15, 16 defense kicker. Round 14, I wanted James Washington, a nice sleeper. And then he goes out and makes all these highlight reel catches. And all you're seeing is him on sports. And, and then Ben plays him up. So now he, you know, he's not a sleeper anymore. Everyone's talking about him now. So now in, in the later drafts, I had to spend for him. You know, 11th, 12th round. But I like him a lot. Am I, do I, once again, he's spending 11th, 12th round picks. So he's still not, you know, banking on him. I understand Brown and Bell are going to get a lion's share of the touches there and the targets. Uh, obviously, Juju is going to get his share as well. But I think there's enough there for Washington to be a player here. And if there's an injury that happens there, I'll like him even more. Once again, 11-12, I'm not expecting big things from him. He's not a starter for me. He's a guy I'm willing to wait and play the long game with to see if this works out. 844 843 Let's go to Timo in Nevada. What up, Timo? 
How's it going, Corey? Glad that you guys got me on. Thank you. How you doing, my hey, man? Well, I'm doing all right. I've had uh, four drafts so far this week, and and all my drafts, I've been picking up Aaron Jones and Julian Edelman, probably like around my eighth through the tenth picks. And uh, what do you guys think? Am I going on a stretch on that, or am I? Did I just screw myself over? We're coming up on the break. Let uh, George go ahead and break it down for him. What you think of two both two players? I, I like both. I like picking up both of them late in that area. Yeah, I have no problem with Julian Edelman. Uh, you're going to eat it for four games, but you're probably not drafting him as a starter anyway, so you're fine. Football, you know, it's not a forever season, but it's long enough. I have no problem with Edelman. Aaron Jones is the back I want there. If the price you can get him at, I think he's the guy who's going to be starting come week three or week four at the latest because I think Jamal Williams is just another guy. And I think uh, as far as Ty Montgomery, he's your pass catcher. Aaron Jones is the guy I want there, especially for the price you're going to pay. There you go right there. Shut up, man. You. Good luck uh, this week. Good luck this season, my man, Timo. 844-843-6879 is the weekend where the telephone lines open. When we come back on the other side, I want to ask George about um, some of these running backs, some of my shares on some of these running backs, get his opinion. Also, I want to talk about uh, some more players that I'm finding uh, popping up on these waiver wires. It's Fancy Football Friendly Week. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fancy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition right here, FNTSY Radio, 844-843-6879. Don't forget, all season long, we got you covered. Whether it's the weekday or the weekend, BFF's on at noon, Fancy Football Frenzy on at 1 p.m. in the East. Then, of course, obviously, full lineup on Saturday and Sunday. Get you ready for DFS, get you ready for season long. And, of course, if you like to put a couple dollars on the wagering front, we're going to get you ready for that, too. That's what's coming up this upcoming season right here on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. George, I had a draft on Monday, right? And I, you know how you want to get a player, but you don't think he's going to come back to you? So you pull him up the board a little bit. I may put him up the board a little bit too high, especially after what happened uh, a couple hours ago. Well, about an hour or so ago with Antonio Gates signing. I drafted... Los Angeles Charger wide receiver Mike Williams in round six of a draft. Yeah, you're not so happy right about now. You know, and listen, I like Mike Williams, but Antonio Gates is uh, pretty much Phil Rivers' BFF, and especially yeah. in the red zone. I think I think it's what they're going to use uh, Gates the most. You know, uh, in the red zone there, he's not going to be an every down tight end, uh, but I think Gates is going to be that red zone guy there. And that was a role we heard all all summer they were grooming Mike Williams for. You know, to be that yep. guy, to be that big target in the end zone. Now, not so much. No, sometimes, George, you can lose before you even get started. So, listen, Mike, Mike Williams, but see, the appeal to Mike Williams, like you said, was the work that he would get in the red zone. And, um, you know, Antonio Gates, listen, you, you, Phil Rivers and Antonio Gates don't need to practice, George. 
No, no, I'm not worried about uh, Gates not showing up. There was a reason they waited this long. If the Chargers wanted him in camp earlier, they would have made a stronger effort here. I, I have Gates in several leagues, so I'm a happy guy. He's not starting for me, mind you. I have better starters for him, but like he's a backup to Jordan Reed in one league. Uh, I picked him as a last-round pick in another league just for uh, really for giggles and to see what would happen there. And uh, I'll take him. I'll take him. I think he's going to have a nice uh, – I don't think he's going to catch a ton of balls, but it wouldn't shock me if he catches eight touchdown passes. Um, when you look at the situation in Philadelphia, Al Alshon Jeffrey probably likely out the first two weeks of the season, but they think he'll they'll, they'll get him back. Uh, didn't have to hit the pup list. They think they'll get him back, and he'll be strong and ready to go. If Mike Wallace is on the waiver wire this week, what do you think about picking up Mike Wallace? I like picking up Mike Wallace, and I've done it in a couple of leagues. Granted, they were deeper leagues with deeper benches. I haven't done it in a regular twelve-team. Uh, League with only five bench spots, but with the seven or eight, I've done it. Uh, Jeffrey, good sign that he was taking up PUP, right? I think he is going to miss the first two weeks of the season. For his where he's gone in drafts, I love his value. He's going around 11 mm-hmm. 12. I'll take my chances on that. Wallace is a guy, Aguilar's been banged up too, right? So, what's your yep. worst case scenario here? He's only valuable, really valuable the first two weeks of the season, then you keep him on your bench. He's still a bye week filler, still covers in case Aguilar or Jeffrey get hurt again. And Jeffrey really hasn't been healthy now for two years. And he, yeah. Actually, Jeffrey, I don't know if he's ever been truly healthy. He's always banged yeah, up Jeffrey, with something. Yeah, he's never been healthy. So I, I like Mike Wallace. Plus, listen, there was room for Torrey Smith last year there. They're, they're going to take some deep shots each game. I don't, I don't mind Mike Wallace at all. You know, George, a player who over the past couple of uh, these weekend drafts, two players who a lot of the sharp players have on, and a matter of fact, pulling them up the board, are Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon. Christian McCaffrey's popping up in a lot of first round now, George. What do you think about that? I'm not on board with that. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Uh, I like the talent there. And I understand so many people have said that, uh, oh, you know, he's going to, you know, Carolina, they want to run him. They want to give him 25 touches, 30 touches a game. If they do that, we'll be putting him in a casket by week six. Mm -hmm. He's only 205 pounds. He's not built like that. You cannot do that. So I think that would be silly. And to put him in the, for the first round, I mean, so you're taking him ahead of guys like Fournette, Cook, Gordon. He's got to go ahead of these guys because you're not putting him ahead of Bell, Gurley, Johnson, Elliott, Barkley, Kamara, Hunt. You know, I mean, Antonio Brown's got to go ahead. Doesn't DeAndre Hopkins have to go ahead? So I'm not taking, putting him ahead of those guys. I think uh, people are buying into the uh, – into what we're hearing North right Turner. now. He's been touched the ball so many times. Right, you're buying into North Turner. He's not that kind of – he's not built like an Emmett Smith. He's not built like these other backs that can handle that workload. Even if he doesn't get hurt, he won't be the same back as the season goes along because he'll be worn down. 844-843-6879. Let's go to Panic in Colorado Springs. What up, Panic? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Chilling, chilling. What's good with you, my man? Cool, cool. Um, I just had two questions, man, about flex. Um, right now, I have Jordan Howard or Joe Mixon, um, and I want to put him in the flex, but it's a standard league, so I'm just beside myself on who I should start. Who's your other two running backs? My other two running backs? And Leonard Fournette. Who was it? Who was it in Leonard Fournette? David Johnson. David Damn. George, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette. Is this a keeper league? No, it's not. I wish. <laughs> I wish. How, 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 how did, how did you, you how, end up with all four of these guys? How, how did you end up with all four of these running backs? 
Actually, this league itself is a standard league, and it's just an eight-team, but it's big money. Though. I was going so to that's say, why. Is this, yeah, is this yeah. an eight-team league? See, yeah. see I, I, I can't put big money on 18 leagues because right. you have to make these kind of line of decisions each and every week, and now I'd be pulling my hair out. I would exactly. say you go with Jordan Howard as the flex and because we know what Jordan Howard has, and maybe you can see what Mixon becomes, George. Uh, are we talking uh, panic? Are we talking for this for the whole entire season or just this week? Um, I'm thinking for just this week, and then just play it each week as it goes by to see who they're playing against. God, I mean, they both have great matchups this week. Uh, right, Howard's up against right. Green Bay, not exactly a great defensive front, and uh, Mixon's got Indianapolis. And right. a terrible one right. defense. God. Uh, right. I, I wish I had these kind of problems on my teams, by the way. I really wish I had any, <laughs> anywhere near this kind of problem. Uh, but I'm going to agree with Corey. I have Howard ranked higher, so I'll go with him over Mixon. But I'm not so sure you can go wrong here. I think uh, whichever guy scores a touchdown or the most touchdowns is the winner here. Always tough to gamble here. I like what Chicago's done. I think the game's going to have to be high scoring against Green Bay. Give me Howard. All right, guys. And just one more question, if I can. Um I have a 10-team PPR, and right now you need to I got get some 12. Hey, Panic, you need to get some 12-team leagues, my man. Go ahead. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but everybody out here for some reason just do 10 teams and 8. Um, but right now I have Stephon Diggs going against San Francisco, or should I put in Chris Hogan going against Houston for my flex? Stephon Diggs, superior talent. Okay. Agreed. Okay. Better better matchup as well, so I'm, I'm going with Diggs. I, I, I love Hogan this year as well. But I'm right. going to Diggs. I think it's a better matchup and better player. I really appreciate it, guys. Um, one more thing before I let you guys go. Um, I got Charles Clay. I heard that they got Antonio Gates um, back with the Chargers. So I go ahead and hit that waiver wire? Ooh. Wow. I think, uh, boy, I hate the quarterback situation in Buffalo. I truly do. But he's gonna be, Clay's going to be there every down. He might be the quarterback's best friend there. P, uh, PPR League also? Yes, sir. Yeah, PPR, I'll stick with Clay. Uh, if it was a standard league, I'd have gone with Gates because I think he'll get, uh, get more touchdowns. But I'll stick with Clay, uh, Clay but it's, it's relatively close. It's very okay. close. And at some point, Charles Clay knee going to swell up, and he'll miss a couple games with that. But then at some point, Antonio Gates' body could just swell up. It already has. Oh. <laughs> my man, I'll rap with you, Panic. No Good luck, my man. Appreciate you guys. No doubt, 844-843-6879. Hey, you know what? The Antonio Gates thing is interesting, George, because he's going to be on waiver wires everywhere, except for leagues with you in them. Um, <laughs> and a lot of places I've had um, <coughs> Blake Jarwin from Dallas is my second tight end. Would you cut him? Uh, would you drop him now to pick up Gates? Or would you wait to see what it is with Dallas in weeks one and two first? I think I'm cutting him to go get uh, okay. to go get Gates. Yeah, uh, I I don't love Jarwin all that much. Although you're you're right though. Someone's once again someone's gonna catch the ball in Dallas, and Dak does like the throw to his tight ends. I just don't know if Jarwin's gonna be that breakout guy. And, and Rico Gathers did make the team, which was sort of surprising after the marijuana arrest. Which means Dallas mm-hmm. does see something in him. Uh, and in my mind, Dallas has to play the man. Uh, he's a he's the only freak they have out there on offense outside of Zeke, who may be able to be a mismatch. So hey, I'll, I'll take Gates. I'll take him for the touchdowns. You know, as far as panic's concerned, when you were uh, busting his chops about uh, some twelve-team leagues, you know, our, our former uh, compatriot there, Tony Sincata, you know what he would tell him? 
you need more friends. Uh, you cut out for a minute, George. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I said, we, you know what our former uh, uh, compatriot would tell uh, Panic about uh, playing eight and ten team leagues? You need more friends. There you go. You need more friends. 844-843-6879. All right. So here we go. Uh, back with this waiver wire stuff. Um, getting a couple text messages from my boy, Michael Rathburn. Um, DJ. All right. Yeah, I like it. He's doing a couple of drafts right now, so we're just chatting it up. Albies going five picks over ADP. Wow. Tough ones, you know what I mean? Um, Some of these – oh, Rashad Penny, George. What's the latest? What do you think? He's still being drafted. A lot of places he goes, still goes higher than Carson. If you had to start one next week, it would be Carson, right? Yes, yes. I think uh, you know, even before Penny got the injury, we've been hearing strong things about Carson. Now, back then we thought, okay, maybe it's just you know, hyperbole. They're trying to put the rookie in his place, blah, blah, blah. All right, Penny got the cash removed. Okay, so he should be good for the opener in Denver. That's not Listen, that's not a great matchup anyway. It's Denver. So maybe you, know, you get a break there. I think there's a situation where Carson's the starter until he proves he can't get it done. And okay. my only issue is maybe with the offensive line, that happens sooner than we think because it won't be his fault. They'll, they'll need to go with a second back. They'll need to go. One thing about Penny, he can be his own blocker. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's 5'11", 220, sort of like a bowling ball there. So I think, listen, you draft him in the first round. You're not going to not use him. He's going to play. Maybe at worst-case scenario, he's the goal line back to start the season. Um, another running back situation that's uh, – I don't want to say fluid. I think we all think Carlos Hyde is the man. Final preseason game, Nick Chubb ran well, um, and he's flashed over the past couple of weeks in practice. Clearly, Carlos Hyde is still the man. Are you feeling better about Nick Chubb as we go into these final drafts of the year? Sure. Yeah, when you put it like that, yes, I'm feeling better about Chubb, but I think Hyde is the guy you want. He gets the first chance to fail or succeed, depending on whether you're an optimist or pessimist. If he's doing well, keeps the job. If he's not, guess what? You know, Chubb gets his shot. You know, I think it could be a committee approach. It could be the hot guy. It could be matchup, who they think is going to be the better guy against that game, sort of what Bill Belichick does with his. That wouldn't surprise me. But if I'm drafting today or tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, if you like doing that, I'll take Hyde first somewhere around round five, round six. And you know what? I got, to, I got an itch to do one more 14-team league, George. One more. I think I'm good. Uh, there's no chance I, I might be drafted today. My wife would have killed I might be, me. I might be eating ramen noodles, but I do think <laughs> I got one more 14-teamer in me, George. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting it. I truly wouldn't mind getting it one more draft. I, I have a Jones as well, so, but not on Thursday. I know people like drafting on Thursday night, the first night of the game of the season. I want to enjoy the game. I don't want to be doing a draft during uh, Philadelphia Atlanta. I want to enjoy. If I, do one, if I do one more draft, George, it will be realistically because – I'm going to Monmouth Park on Saturday. So Saturday is almost out the question. Uh, Friday, if I, do a, if I do one more draft, it would more than likely be Friday night. And I'm talking about – I don't like doing it after game one either. I'm talking about Friday night like 7 o'clock. Like, so I can still have my Friday night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I knew like, that was like, coming, got, by the way. But like, if we got, we, got, we got a 10 o'clock draft, I'm like, all right, I'm done drafting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 7 o'clock, 
the right parameters. You know what? I might, I might, I might hop in. But uh, once we hit the, um, yeah, once we hit a, once we get past nine o'clock, I'm not going to marry myself to the house for another two, two and a half hours, George. You know now, what I mean? Now you mentioned a 14 team league. Is that your favorite size league, Corey? 14? I like 14 team leagues. Yeah, I like 14 team leagues. I think uh, uh, building a balanced roster with 14 teams is a little bit more challenging. You have the depth issues that go along with it. I like to see, uh, you know, who can build a deeper team. It's one thing to have a two or three stars, but it's another thing to have, you know, when you, in a 14-team league, when you hit those bye weeks, a waiver wire on a 14-team league is hell. You know what I mean? So I do like the challenge of that. Uh, I, I prefer 12-team leagues, mainly for the reason you mentioned, uh, I just yeah. I, I, ten team leagues are too easy, you know. And everyone has a great team. I've never played it. I don't think I've ever played in an eight team league. Uh, I can't appreciate sure that, that. That's that's yeah. I listen. I I, 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 I would have came up, but uh, it's not like I've turned them down. No one's ever offered me an eight team league, but it's a superstar league. I mean, you, you, you look at the problems you, this this uh, panic had. Howard, Mixon, Fournette, Johnson. You can only start three of them. Oh, I feel so bad for you. You know, so uh, it's. It's a, it's a strange that to think about that. So I, I guess I prefer the challenge as well. But I always prefer something to be available on the waiver wire because it's football. Injuries are going to happen. And, and I'll say this over happen. and over again. Right? In leagues I play in, Corey, the way I, I always look at a league like this, 12-team league, three teams are going to be eliminated by injury. Nothing they could do. You know, everybody yep. got hurt. Listen, you know, God couldn't make this team any better. You know, so those teams are done. Another three teams, even in industry leagues, eh, they don't pay attention. They don't make the right moves, you know, and they're eliminated. So I'm, I think I'm only really fighting five other teams to get the whatever the money slots are. You know, and I just need to not be one of those injured teams. That's all, say that's you got to be one really of those not injured teams, yep. Stay healthy. That's half the battle right there, George. Staying healthy is half the battle because if you can stay healthy, you can definitely have a chance when you get to weeks 14, 15, and 16 because those weeks are not guaranteed. I love when fantasy owners be like, oh, I'm looking at the schedule in week 14, 15, and 16. You got to get there first. Right. That's always silly to me. Uh, I, I only thing I look at the schedule is the bye weeks. I don't want to have too much. If I'm drafting a second quarterback, I don't want him having the same bye week. Tight end, I don't want him having the same bye week. That's it. Other than that, if every one of my other players had the same bye week, I'd be thrilled, by the way. I would love to have all you know, 11 of my players same bye week. Fine, I'll take a loss that week and be at full strength every other week. No problem. Yep, there you go, 844-843-6879. Coming up on the final uh, 25 minutes or so of the show. So when we when we get back on the other side, I want to uh, start to look at and break down. I'm going to go through one of my starting lineups with George for a league I drafted, for a team I drafted this past Monday night. We'll get that done. And then I want to start to look at week one, look at some point totals, look at some over-unders, uh, get George's opinion on some of that stuff. It's Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. Uh, George, this has been a hell of a run, man. Had a good time uh, all weekend, uh, all off-season with you on the weekend edition. Um, really helped each other out. Uh, well, I know you helped me in some of my drafts and stuff like that, so really appreciate that. Oh, Corey, it's been a blast. You and I don't get to work together often enough. They seem to put us together once every couple of years. Yeah, it's been a good time. Uh, so there you go right there. Fantasy football frenzy. When we come back on the other side, get into some week one stuff. It's the Frenzy Week Edition on FNTSY Radio. 
Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Fantasy football friends, the FNTSY Radio, final segment of the weekend. Fantasy exec and George Kurtz. Oh, George, what do you think about our Cowboys this season? Uh, I keep saying, I keep using the same line. They are one more offensive injury, offensive line injury from oblivion. You know, if Tyron Smith goes down, they're done. We don't know when Travis Frederick's going to come back, you know, from his issue here. Maybe it's a month, two months the season. Nobody really knows there. And if another offensive lineman goes down where they can't control the line of scrimmage, even, with, even without Frederick, that's going to be tough now. The passing game's not going to win it for us. I told Mike Blewett this morning, Corey, this is the first time in a long time that I can remember where the Dallas Cowboy defense is actually better than the offense. Yeah, no, I can agree with you on that. I think the defense is probably better than the offense. I, but one thing I will say is about this team, and it has been that way for a while now, When you, the less expectations you have on this team, the better they seem to play. The higher the expectations are, the worse they seem to play. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't think the um, – I don't think the um, – I don't think the offense is going to be as bad as people think. So – and I don't think Philadelphia is going to be as good as people think. Oh, I agree. I, don't, I think Philadelphia's uh, they've got their own issues. Uh, but, you know, you think of the Cowboys. They, if, they, if they are successful this season, a lot of that's going to be in close games. right? I don't think they're going to blow too many teams out. They're going to play a lot of close games. And yet you released Dan Bailey, the most accurate kicker in field goal, in, you know, second most accurate kicker in NFL history. Yet you released him for a guy who... It's okay, but nothing great. I mean, if a couple of field goals missed here and there could determine some games here. On the first thing I thought of, okay, the groin's still bothering him. You know, he can't kick, but that doesn't seem to be the case. All signs report that he's completely healthy. Second thing is, is there another move coming? Do they need to save three point five million? But the only move that would really require cash would be Earl Thomas, and we know Seattle's not trading him right now. That's a game of chicken between Seattle and Earl Thomas. So I, I found that odd as well to uh, release Dan Bailey when a season where you know if you're going to be successful, you're going to win nine, ten games. I mean, you're going to need to make those field goals, need to make it at a high rate. And 78%, which is what uh, Mayer did in the uh, CFL, is average at best. No, I agree with you on that. I found it to be quite shocking too. I mean, as a matter of fact, I got to hit the waiver wire because of it in a couple leagues, well, in a lot of leagues. Um, my and my original my original thought was uh, George that he's still hurt. That's what I thought too, but that's not what reports are. There are teams are apparently lining up to uh, to go with him. So he kicked well. I saw him, watched a couple of games. Uh, in fact, I watched all the uh, Cowboy preseason games. I'm just a, an idiot, uh, and he looked fine. My only other issue is this: uh, his kickoffs weren't as uh, dependable as they used to be. And maybe that's the thing. Mayhair does that seem to have a stronger leg. Maybe Dallas wants to make sure they get all the touchbacks they can. And the other team starts at the 25. 
you know, that played into my thinking as well here. But the first thing I thought was what you thought, what you said, that the groin's just not healed, and they know that. And groin's going to be a pain in the ass, man, in all sports. They don't heal. And for a kicker, outside of the sports, I like a goaltender in hockey, groin's are nasty. I would think kicker might be the next worst thing, uh, the next worst position to have a groin injury. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I mean, clearly you're kicking, so that's the, that, that would be a pain in the ass. Um, the highest point total that I'm looking at for week one, uh, George, is the Houston Texans and the New England Patriots. And obviously, you know the particulars, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, you know DeAndre Hopkins, some of you know Lamar Miller, I don't. On the Patriots side, it's Brady, Gronk, I guess you would say Chris Hogan, and the running backs. And a running back that could be on waiver wires and might be worth a start this week is Jeremy Hill, George. Yeah, you know, uh, Scott and I talked about it yesterday. You're absolutely right. Uh, They're banged up. Burkhead's got the knees. Tony Michelle's got his problems. Hill made the team. Uh, Gillisley gets cut. Gillisley got cut. I don't think I'm starting him in a, 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 a redraft league. I think Hill is going to be someone I'm going to look at in DFS. Okay. You know, that I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at him a, a cheap play. You know, listen. Houston Texans have a good uh, defensive line, but last year these two teams met in New England. It was a shootout, and it's a game it that really. Uh, right. Houston could have won if not for some horrible time management by Bill O'Brien at the end. That be. I'm trying to find the game here to see what uh, the over under is. By the way, it's uh, 51. Ooh, I'm looking at it at 51. 51. Ah, man, that's high. That is high. Generally, in the early part of the season, generally, this is obviously it's not for every game, every season, but generally, defenses are ahead of offenses. Okay. You know, so I wonder if that's the case here as well. You're talking either 27, 24 game or above. Oh, that's tough. I think uh, I think I would probably still go with the over because I really don't like the New England defense. I think Houston is going to score, and I expect New England to score. You know, they're, generally they they do it no matter what the defense is. I'll take the over, but I don't say this with a whole hell of a lot of confidence. I like the over on it too. I also like the Texans. I'm seeing the Texans uh, at six. Texans plus six. Uh, I you know I said I, I said it before. They should have beat them last year. You know, exactly. My bookie has them at six and a half, actually. So uh, that's even better. They should have beat them last year, right? That they should have beat them last year. If not for that, I say it was it was horrendous time management by Bill O'Brien that two minute drill, or else they win that game. Oh, or they get a shot to win the game. I should say on a field goal. Maybe they don't win it. Uh, I agree with you. I like Houston as well. Um, uh, I think James White is a guy you can really consider as a flex play in in the first week of the season. PPR leagues, absolutely, especially yep. week one until until Sony Michelle gets there, until we see what how healthy Burkhead actually is with his knee tear. The knee tear you got to take with a grain of salt here. Anybody who's played sports, you have tears in your knee. It's just to what exactly. Doing. You know, like I said I, I tore my ACL, and uh, if you've ever seen the play I tore my ACL on, it was a nothing play. It just meant my ACL was torn a certain degree, and I ended it on that play. That's all that means. So that's what I'm wondering about with Burkhead. Is it? 40% torn, 60% torn. So is it going to take much for it to end? That's my what I'm thinking. And the Patriots, of course, aren't going to tell us this. So uh, I'm curious to see what he can do and how much they'll use him or do they baby him. Another high point total game in our week number one is the New Orleans Saints and Tempe Buccaneers. Obviously, a wild scene at this game last year in the Dome with Mike Evans and Jameis Winston in the big fight on the sideline or uh, with uh, what's the young man, Lattimore. It got real crazy. yeah. Yeah, it was Lattimore. Um, 
So you got division rivals right here. 49 and a half is the number I'm looking at with the Buccaneers being a nine and a half point favorite. Obviously, Brian Fitzpatrick in the mix. Listen, uh, Peyton Barber comes right out the gate. And you know what? Not a bad matchup for Peyton Barber to get started. It's not, but New Orleans is going to play uh, stop the run, see if Fitzpatrick can beat them through the air. He he makes okay. he throws turnovers, man. Um, oh, he he don't uh, care. One thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's, he's my man Fitzmagic, he will let it fly, George. He does not care. He does even in that one magical year with the Jets, where he uh, almost brought them to a playoff thing, and people were in love with him. If you look at the tape, man, he would have thrown like eight, nine more interceptions if defensive backs could catch. You know, and yeah. once again, that's that's the old joke. If a defensive back could catch, he'd be a wide receiver. Uh, so I get that as well. Minus 10 for New Orleans, 49 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go the under here. You know, once again, I'm going to take – I don't think Tampa is going to score a, a truckload of points. New Orleans might, but I don't think Tampa Bay will. I'll take the under here, and once again, I'll go with my theory that uh, defense will be ahead of offenses here. As far as the uh, the spread – I'll take I'll take the points. Ten's a lot to give. I'll take my I'll take my plus ten. Yeah, I think I like I like I like the I like the I'm looking at the, I need to hop onto my bookie, but I'm looking at it at nine and a half. And I and I do think that was the case. If Jameis was playing, I would I would have been all over this one this week. Um, I I still go in on it. And I think you're right. Peyton Barber may not get off to the best start this week because you're correct. The Saints were one of the stout defense, and um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick did a lot of his damage in the air. Uh, are we ready to put Chris Godwin in the starting lineup this week? Or Deshaun Jackson? Uh, I, you know, this Matt, is going to be a problem. Outside of, outside of Mike Evans, who can you start this week on that Buccaneers offense? Oh, you're going to start Peyton Barber. You are going to. I mean, you start okay. your running back. I can't see how you're not if you drafted him. Uh, maybe your running backs are strong, but most likely Barber starts for you. I'm not starting even tight end because I don't know which one Fitzpatrick's going to use as far as Howard or Brait. Deshaun Jackson, if they do what I think they're going to do, Jackson's in the slot, Godwin's on the outside. I like Godwin a lot. Would I use him in this game? Uh, yeah, I think I might. Depending, once again, I think Godwin's probably more of a bye week filler at first. If this was a bye week, it would be a definite for me because you'd have the opening here. You might be able to do better. But the thinking is this. They're going to have to throw the ball. It's really that simple. They're going to have to throw the ball. But if I was to rank them, it'd be Evans, Deshaun Jackson would be next, then Godwin. Yeah, I, I think I would go in that 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 same. Uh, it's going to be interesting filling out. It's always interesting week one putting out starting lineups because you don't really know what the new chemistry is on the Saints side of the football. Obviously, Kamara is a stone cold beast. Michael Thomas, the whole thing, line them up. Would you start Ben Watson this week? No, he's my tight end too. I mean, uh, who would your tight end one have to be to not to start Ben Watson over? Him? Let's I say like your tight end. Let's say your tight end one is Cameron Brake or O.J. Howard. Well, then you made some mistakes. You waited really long. <laughs> uh, actually, I said it earlier. These guys are all in the same tier. The Brakes, the Howards, the Watsons, they're yeah. all in the same. Uh, yes, at home, I would start Ben Watson. I would. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I can see that also. Excuse me. Um, another high point total. Well, this one right here is lower point total. New York Giants, Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously Barkley, Odell, and your starting lineup this week. Uh, Evan Ingram a starter this week, George? Yeah, uh, I don't listen. I don't love the matchup for the Giants. Uh, even Beckham, you're gonna have Jalen Ramsey all over you. So mm-hmm. good, good luck there. But you're still, you know, of course, you're starting. And Barkley, you have no I choice. Mean, so I hate the matchup. Beckham, yeah. yeah, 
Right. You have no choice here. He's first-round picks. Oh, I guess Beckham could have been a second-round pick. No choice. Engram's a top five, top six tight end. No choice there either. I guess I shouldn't say no choice with Engram. You could have a really good tight end, too, with, a, uh, I guess, a great matchup that ben maybe Watson. you throw in there. I don't know if I think it's a great match if I'm going there. Okay. Oh, I'm looking at somebody who might be a, t- a tight end too. I'm not talking Kittle and Njoku either. I, those guys are tight end ones for me. Oh uh, boy, I don't see anybody really quickly through this list that I would start here over Ingram. Uh, no, Ingram goes. There you go, right there. Now, the tough part: the Jacksonville wide receivers. It's a crapshoot. We don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen here because now everyone's thrust. They're up one spot now. My guess is this. I think D.D. Westbrook is the big play guy. So, uh, I mean, I don't mean he's best in best ball, but he's the, the guy who's going to make some highlight plays. But I think Keelan Cole is going to be the guy, the more consistent guy, the, the Marquise Lee guy. I think Keelan mm-hmm. Cole just really steps into that role. So it, it depends on what you want. If you're a conservative, you want to make sure you get your in a PPR league, you get your – Four, at least four catches for 45, 50 yards, you go with Keelan Cole. If you want to take a chance on a guy who might get that one big play, you know, then it's the uh, D.D. Westbrook. If I was drafting today, I would still draft Westbrook ahead of him. I think he has a better fantasy season at the end. But Keelan Cole is now in the starting conversation because I think he's going to be a consistent player week in and week out. That being said, we know what Jacksonville's going to do. They're going to run the ball with Fournette. They're going to try to play strong defense and take the ball out of Bortles' hand or at least not let him lose the game. They're not going to throw the ball up and down the field. Who wins the football game? Jacksonville. Uh, they're, they're just a better team than the Giants. Giants are a better team than they were last year, much better than they were last year. But Jacksonville is one of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, their defense is just too strong. And listen, Jalen Ramsey is mouthed off all offseason. Time to back it up. I agree. Odell Beckham gets the big money. Also, time to back it up. The Giants coming in this one. The number I'm looking at is a three-point dog. I'm not on my bookie um, uh, like like George. I'm looking at the Giants as a three-point dog. I probably would stay away or take the money line on Jacksonville. That's the way I would look at the game right there from that point of view, George. Yeah, I, I like the Jags. I, I like the Jags in this game. I'll take the under. Uh, it's 40, uh, my bookie is 43 and a half, and I'll take the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars even with minus three. Another lower point total game is the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, obviously shady. Obviously Alex Collins. Um, Buffalo, that probably is it with shady, to be honest with you. Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin, maybe. That probably it is it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Baltimore, Alex Collins, you like. What about Michael Crabtree in week one? More than yeah, likely think, you have listen. to. Any Raven you have that you're not starting this week, well, if you're not starting this week, why do you have them? I mean, Buffalo's a a solid defense, but it's not all-worldly, and they're going to have the ball on offense a lot because the the Buffalo offense is terrible. Mm -hmm. Outside of LeSean McCoy, we don't even know who the quarterback is right now. Is it Peterman? Is it Allen? Does it matter? Who cares? Uh, I got Baltimore all all over this. I think I'm not in love with the Ravens, but they're a solid team. I'll take them minus seven. The over-under is really where it's more interesting because I'm afraid with that defense, Buffalo may only score seven points. You they know, may, they may not have like, to. They may, just, they may just sit on them. Yep. Right. So uh, I think if I had – I probably wouldn't touch the over-under, but if I had to, I would take the under. All right. There you go right there. Uh, man, it's a close call one on that one right there. It's week one. 
it does tend to be more scoring than any other week in the season. And then with these new rules, going to be interesting. It's going to be a hard to, to gauge it from um, that aspect, at least this early in the season. High point total, another high point total game coming in at 47 is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, you get your guys right out there, you throw them in the mix. Is Ryan Grant ref a start this week as a flex play in a 12-team league? I think he's, uh, my first question is this. All during camp, Andrew Luck, they are, he's healthy, he's playing, but he's not throwing the ball into the secondary at all. At mm-hmm. all. Are they protecting him? Are they just, uh, what, they want to surprise people in week one? It doesn't make any sense. We all know we, that Luck can throw the ball, but why isn't he doing it in the preseason? My first thought was, oh, it must be part of the game. That's how, what the Colts are going to do. Short passes. You know, Dallas does the same thing. But no, it's when Brissett's in there, they do throw the ball into the secondary. So it really, they are just trying to protect luck. So I'm somewhat concerned about that. It's at home in Indianapolis. For Indianapolis to win, they're going to have to score points. And uh, I can't see how this is not uh, a decently high-scoring game in the 20s for both teams. Am I shocked if one team gets into the 30s? No. I'll take the over here gladly. It's at 47. That's 24-23 for me, and I think that's the least amount that both teams might score is 24-23. I'll take the over. I probably feel less about the... Uh, that the game itself, but I'll take the, I think the Bengals are the better team. So give me the points. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a tough call. Um, no matter, no, no matter where you, how, how you look at it, when it comes down to these two teams right here, um, coming up on the final minute of the program, I just want to run one more by you, Minnesota and San Francisco, two teams that should be in the playoffs in the, in the, in the NFC. I think you like Dalvin cook. You like, uh, all the players on this team, really, that have any fantasy value, when you look at that number at 46, what do you think about that game total at 46? Man, I love the Vikings defense. That seems high to me. That just seems high. And I think they're trying to get you to go the over here. So I'm going to – I think the Vikings are, one of, once again, one of the best teams in the NFC. I think uh, it's going to be tough for San Fran right out of the bat. They don't have the running game going yet. They just lost McKinnon, maybe a little down here. Taking the under. And I love the Vikings. Uh, I'll take the minus six as well. All right, there you go right there. My man, George Kirsch, it was real good hanging out all offseason with you, buddy. Have a good time. Have a good season, my man. Absolutely, Corey. Best of luck to you. Unless you're playing in a league with me, then not so much. Then not so much. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition has come to a close. Next Sunday this time, we're going live.